We both read If We Were Villains by Emil Rio, and so now we're going to talk about it. If you remember from a few weeks ago, Alice was reading this. She was uncertain about how she felt about it, um, and now I read it and have a lot of uncertainty as well, so we, we need to dig into this. Um, so right off the bat, this is so similar to The Secret History. Yeah. <laughs> when... When I went to buy it off Amazon, you know, it has the the quotes from reviews and just the very first thing that pops up is like similar to John Tarts, The Secret History. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm curious to know how I would have felt about it if I hadn't read that book first. Right, yeah. Um, because it was still, like, I still enjoyed it. Um and I, I read it really fast. I, I tore through it because it was interesting, mm-hmm. but it just inevitably invites comparison. And Donna Tartt spent 10 years on the secret history and it, it doesn't stand up to comparison. Yeah, I mean, I think the order you read it in would definitely influence it. I liked the secret history more, but I also read that first, so I don't know what which part of that is just my bias towards it but I feel like this is almost an intro to the secret history like you read this so that you know what's going to happen and then you can read the secret history and just focus on the characters and everything like that but yeah I also read through it pretty fast yeah if it, it they did feel connected like one was written I don't know maybe for a younger audience or something um but like I didn't think that the writing was bad I thought that it was good in some places but it just really paled in comparison to John Atari's writing for me uh yeah Um, I agree yeah I mean there were some pieces that where I was like oh that's like a lovely way to describe that but there so much of the writing had this sort of knowing like authorly quality to it like we had no idea what we were in store for and that doesn't sit well with me um whereas with Donna Tart you know what they're in store for you know what's going to happen in at the very beginning but it's all done and withheld in such a masterful way that did not translate as well to if we were villains uh yeah I agree I feel like this there were some things I liked where the dialogue would be like in a script format almost which I thought was interesting it wasn't every time though so it wasn't the most consistent but a lot of the time I think it was trying really hard to be very stylized and it wasn't completely working Right. She was trying so hard to put her characters in the roles of the plays that it made everything feel sort of one note. Like, you're like, okay, obviously Richard is going to be the one to die because he's Caesar. Um, And then it's like, okay, now James is playing the villain when he was playing the hero before. And as a result, it's like she's trying to smush her characters into these roles so perfectly that they become flat. So, Mm -hmm. like... You know, it even says directly, Meredith is the femme fatale, um, Ren is, like, the girl next door, James is the hero, and I guess that sort of works when you're telling it through the lens of a play, but everything felt 
one-dimensional in terms of the characters, I thought. Yeah, I was really excited to read it because I had heard that it was sort of similar to The Secret History, but this is almost the same thing just with theater. And I feel like if it had been written with just a little, a few differences that made it overall its own idea, it could have been so interesting. And the the review I read that made me excited was talking about how these actors like all go insane when they get too deep into their parts, which I think is a super cool idea, which wasn't this. So I was going into it thinking it would be less like The Secret History than it actually was. So I was disappointed, but I am glad I read it. Yeah, me too. Maybe if it if it hadn't been set at a private liberal arts college, um, a few other similar th- similar things that could have been changed. Like the protagonists were very similar. To yeah, me. yeah. Both the um, like sort of the outsider in the group, just because they're a little less good than everybody else at whatever it is they're doing, but they're still important. Just like the nice guy, quiet observer. Mm-hmm. Um, Even the character I, dynamics, like each care, each group in both books had a very specific person for each role. Like there was the leader and like you said, the girl next door and the beautiful, talented actress or whichever one it is. Yeah. And like with, with the secret history, my favorite things about it are the structure, you know, the, it's the murders told at the very beginning and the characters and like the relationships between them. Um, and I think that's done so well. You really understand each of those characters so well and how they play with each other. Um, and it doesn't feel like info dump. It doesn't feel like they're throwing too much about a lot of different characters too yeah. at the same time. And I feel like that's what, if we were villains, was going for with the group dynamic and how the different relationships end up coming. But it just wasn't successful in the same way to me. In the very beginning, I had trouble keeping everybody straight. Yeah, um, same. The development didn't happen well enough at the beginning. And then it just felt superficial in comparison. Yeah, I feel like the way the characters were introduced, we were expected from these, like, two lines of dialogue to know exactly who they were, and you could guess ahead to who was going to be killed, but they were introduced as if we already knew them, and this was sort of just a reminder for us, like, no, this guy is Caesar, just go with it. Like, it wasn't the in-depth character building that I liked in Secret History, and I also feel like the author, there's no way they could have written this without thinking of secret history, like, not purposely, but they're just so similar, and I, and secret history is an extremely popular book, and so I feel like they acted as if the characters were the same, but these, like, real people that we had known the whole time, but were only introduced to them on the fifth page or whatever it is. Yeah, I agree. That one scene um, towards the beginning where they're all in the library together and they're just talking the dialogue, um, I found that especially confusing for it being one of the very beginning scenes. Um, And that scene specifically was really trying to set the dynamics between the characters, I feel like, and 
they weren't actually we had I paid more attention to who was saying what and rather than what they were saying because I was just trying to keep them straight yeah exactly and I was thinking about it in comparison to the secret history and I'm like well I guess this had more characters but it didn't there were it was like seven versus six or something like that not a lot Um, more yeah and it just felt like way more people to keep track of in the beginning um and and I thought well in the secret history did they kind of gradually introduce us to them but not really that either it's just it was just better done it was better done but also the main character was sort of the new kid and so he had to be introduced to them along with us being introduced to them and this they've known each other for four years and they've worked on plays together and they're super close and they live together and so they already all know each other whereas we're just meeting them for the first time that's a good point it it is more difficult if the protagonist knows them super well um that's true i also really want to talk about the end though yeah um, because I was not satisfied with that at all. I don't totally remember what happens, because I read this, like, three months ago, but I... (laughs) Uh, So, you know, he gets out of prison, he's finished telling his story, and he's like, the first thing I've got to do is go see James, because I went to prison for him. Right. And they're like, oh, sorry, by the way, James is dead. Yeah. Uh, And that felt just totally tacked on like it didn't feel convincing or good at all and like there's no good way for us to really feel his grief at that because it was just tacked on at the end and he was like well okay I guess I'll go to Meredith's house instead which you know didn't really work for me that much either right and then um he eventually gets this letter that James left for him before he allegedly drowned himself, which was, you know, this passage from Pericles, um, which I have never read before, so I didn't have the context for that or, like, totally understand all of the meaning that was supposed to be packed into that, Um, but then it sort of implied in the last sentence that maybe James wasn't really dead, but I, that definitely wasn't sold to me at all, and made no sense in my opinion uh yeah now that you remind me of this I also in the end or towards the beginning of the book it was pretty obvious that he liked Meredith and everyone likes Meredith but then they introduced his relationship with James which was completely different not completely different but different from the secret history in an interesting way it didn't it wasn't what I had predicted even though most of this book I sort of knew was going to happen and then they write him out of the story right when he becomes most important. Like, he goes to jail for him and is framed for murder that James committed, and then they maybe kill him off, but also, like you said, maybe he's still alive. And that didn't make any sense to me, because it's not like he was faking his death in order to, I don't know, get out of, like, a crime or, like, for some sort of practical reason. Theoretically, he drowns himself out of guilt, for sending his friend to prison. But then why would you fake your death for that? It, and it, the way they describe it, he's been in this really depressed and awful state. And so he wouldn't 
the James that we hear about once Oliver is out of jail doesn't seem like the person to fake his death and then just send this quote from Pericles to him. He, They talk about him being extremely in love with him, and so we don't totally know why he would do that. He, he's so miserable and so depressed that he just wants to leave his life behind and start a new one and be a different person. But that just isn't spelled out enough at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and I agree with you that I, I thought that their relationship was interesting, that that was a different kind of dynamic. But they just sort of explained it as being like, they're best friends, he's possessive over him, and he was just always drawn to him because like he had the life and the family that Oliver always wanted, which wasn't enough for me to really be invested in his feelings for him and see that as a reason to go to jail for him. It just made me feel like it was a plot device. Like, we were just supposed to go, oh, he really likes James. And yeah. Like, it It didn't feel real. Yeah, totally. Um, it felt, obviously, the author, any author will have some sort of plan for their book when they're writing. But this really felt like there was a plan and everything was meant to happen. And it didn't feel like these were actual it felt like there were characters and not real people that we are reading about. Right. And I guess in defense, you could say, well, they're supposed to feel like characters and it's supposed to be yeah. like a play and kind of faking your own death is sort of Shakespearean. But you also want it to feel real and not not just like it's on a stage. Yeah. Um, also, but, go ahead. No, you can go ahead. This I have a different idea. Uh, just while we're talking about the endings, to be honest, like, the ending is not my favorite part of a secret history either. Like, when yeah, I agree. Like, when Henry himself, um, that didn't really feel earned to me either, but it was a lot better than this. But I think that that's sort of the trap that you fall into when you set up the beginning so much and you tell yeah. what's going to happen, then how is the end supposed to feel like it lives up to the rest of the book so that is like a hard position that both authors are in I think because yeah because they tell us from the very first page exactly what's going to happen they add this these deaths for the shock value almost and they don't really spend a lot of time making it feel real or part of the story yeah and then this isn't about the literary aspect of it but there were a few lines and scenes and added things that were just very bad like parts of it were racist and the whole thing with his sister having an eating disorder and then he's such an awful person to her about it and I don't know when this was written but that's a lot of the stuff I underlined because it's just not okay in any way to say and that was a big thing that stood out when I was reading this, just being different from the secret history in the sense that that seemed like it was planned out for a long time and I think it's a better book, but then this also, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I know what you mean. The stuff with the sister felt like a plot device. It felt like it's just, okay, we need a reason for him to have to be cleaning the castle now. Um, so he needs to be a scholarship student and we want to show that he has a bad home life, mm-hmm. which, you know, we don't really care about the sister. He doesn't seem to care about the sister. It, 
it wasn't good. Um, and then I lost my train of thought. But yeah, um, I agree with you, and I'm curious to see what you underlined. Um, I was just flipping through my copy trying to find it. The first one that came up was at an audition on like the 20th page of the book and one of the directors is described as looking at them with the cold scrutiny of a slave trader at auction which is just so awful like it's nothing like that it just so it just little things like that that aren't actually little things they're just thrown in there and we're supposed to like move on with it and this is more of a literary thing, but the way that they described Meredith and Wren, it feels like, like, I know they were supposed to be the beautiful one and the girl next door, but it does feel like they are very stereotypical female friend characters, and they don't have any story other than to be the victims. Yeah, I totally agree. And it seems like they were trying to fit them into these Shakespearean roles, which aren't always the most complex roles for women. Um, But, like, you have... where It's a modern book for a modern reader who wants, theoretically, more from it than just to be, you know, a mirror of Shakespeare. Mm -hmm. So they definitely needed more to do and they didn't really seem to have much agency except for Meredith through her sexuality, but that like had its own issues. And they talk about Wren only ever getting to play the mothers or the grandmothers. And that's because Shakespeare would write two women in his plays. And then that was it. There wasn't, there was probably one good lead if that for a woman to play. And so they mention it and it is, possible that they could have gone deeper into that storyline and talk about it but they mention as if like oh well this is just how it is we're just gonna have to move on yeah um yeah I I think Philippa the like the third girl who was always playing boys right um I think that she I don't know I I think that she was supposed to be the one that we were supposed to like more, Mm -hmm. the one who was more complex because she didn't fit into either of these roles, but she just kind of seemed like a throwaway character because it was just always like, what's the mystery of her background? What's her family like? And I mean, they kind of gave us a little bit there, but I think that she could have been cut and we wouldn't have really missed her. There's a line in the beginning when the characters are being introduced where like, Philippa's the one everyone always forgets. And I did forget about her when (laughs) she wasn't in, if she was in the scene, it was like, oh, now she's here just because she's part of the group. Like they were writing away her story and they just told us that so that we would think it's part of her character and not just a general writing flaw. Yeah, this makes me remember where I forgot my train of thought before, um, but I was going to say that in The Secret History, you know, when, in those scenes where we hear about Richard's home life, like, it really feels like his family doesn't care about him at all, mm-hmm. and it feels like he lives in this suburban wasteland, and you could totally see why he would be so drawn to these characters in the school and feel like he's something special, Um And that character backstory is really well done. But when they do that with these characters in their home lives and they try to be like, oh, Meredith's all alone. Philippa has some sort of mysterious past that we don't care about. Um, And Oliver has like 
a father who's mean and a sister who's has problems like it's just all throw away like you they had to have some sort of backstory but it wasn't dug into enough at all uh yeah I totally agree um I don't know I think we've covered this has been a longer episode but we talked about all the things I wanted to mention I do think I I'm not upset that I read this I'm glad I did I definitely like the secret history more but I think if you were to come into this without knowing anything about that you might enjoy it more yeah I I I like that I read it too I think that it is sort of like a lesson and storytelling to be honest like Donna Tart makes it look so easy and then when you see someone trying to do something similar in a different way it makes the flaws stand out more so it sort of makes me think like oh if I ever wrote a novel where you know the the climax was told at the beginning I would want to do it differently or avoid these kinds of shortcomings so yeah and it was interesting and there was a lot to like about it like those scenes that were by the lake like when Richard was kind of semi trying to drown James mm-hmm. um, I thought a lot of that imagery and writing and that whole setup was interesting and beautiful and very different from a secret history but yeah just overall I can't stand up to this like work of genius that Donna Tart worked on for 10 years yeah and there with the secret history it's them learning ancient Greek which I have almost no interest in and this is talking about theater which I love and I've done for a long time and so there were mentioned there were parts when they were talking about plays that I really liked and it felt like a real a very real way to describe theater and that wasn't in the secret history when I couldn't connect with these people in a fancy private college learning a dead language right so, yeah, a lot to say, <laughs> clearly a lot of opinions, but I think we covered it. Yeah, so read it if you want.